This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, good evening. Welcome to Teachers Talk Radio. It is Thursday, the 14th of July, 2022. Happy Bastille Day. My name is Jeff Pedley, and I am live from Alst in East Flanders. This is my first show on Teachers Talk Radio, and I am very, very excited. Thank you for joining me today. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Thank you for joining me tonight. I am excited. This is my very, very first show on Teachers Talk Radio. Please be patient with me. Expect mistakes, expect uh, some issues, but we will see how it goes. I, as, as I've started with there, happy Bastille. Uh, let me stop this here. To Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in. Happy Bastille Day. Here we are, the 14th of July, 20, uh, 2022. It's a battle. It was a battle, uh, and I can imagine you're all battling the hot weather at this moment in time. It is an absolute scorcher at this moment in time in Belgium, uh, where I'm broadcasting from now. I'm just having a quick look at the report now. It was 26 today. It's going to go 24 tomorrow, 24 the weekend. And then Monday, I have 35 moving into the 40s on Tuesday, and I know that's the same in or going towards that way in England and other parts, uh, other places as well. And I really hope that, I really hope you're doing okay in the classrooms there. Uh, if, you, if you're still teaching, I know my friends in England at this moment in time are coming into their last, uh, their last week of teaching. And it's been, oh, wow, what a year, what a year it has been. And alongside the heat as well, I've just, I've just this is just coming to my head just something that popped up on Twitter I've seen this TikTok trend of students saying it's hot in here uh I, I hope none of you have been and then pretending to faint I'm not sure that's not something uh oh, let's let's not go in it down a TikTok alley anyway so early on anyway just a little bit about myself my name is Jeff Pedley I am an English teacher I uh as I've said this is my first uh, my first show on uh, Teachers Talk Radio. I graduated in 2011 in Lancaster at the old St. Martin's College and I did my teacher training up in the northwest, the Blackpool, Blackpool's where I did my final uh, placements and the Lake District I did some placements there. When I graduated I moved down to Essex uh, at a little town called Whitham and I was there for a couple of years. I became a head of year there before moving to Thurrock generally getting sucked into the uh sucked t- towards london i did seven years as thorough as an english in, as an english teacher i was uh involved in key stage coordination head of year there i think myself the reason why i've got involved with this station because i really have a big interest in international teaching i now live in belgium as i have done for the last two years and i teach within the european school system and i absolutely love it and it's a big change for me but at the same time, international teaching and language learning is a passion of mine. And it's really nice to be teaching English uh, to students who have English as their 
second, third, sometimes even fourth language. Really, really interesting. I'm also interested in pastoral leadership and uh, that's where my career has always led me. And always English, teaching English language and literature. I also teach sociology as well. Anyway, onwards to today's show. Before I start, I'd just like to say you can get in contact with me at Twitter at, at Jeff Pedley underscore, uh, sorry, at Jeff underscore Pedley, J-E-F underscore P-E-D-L-E-Y. You can also get in touch through the hashtag TT Radio and through the Teachers Talk Radio Twitter at TT Radio uh, 2022. And I look forward to, uh, to seeing some contributions as well from people. Now, the, the theme of this show that some of you might have seen already was ignited by an article that I read a few uh, a few weeks ago. It was actually a Guardian article. And the title was, I can't stay. It's not enough. Why are teachers leaving Australian schools? Now, I am very well aware of the pressures that we are under in the UK system and also within the Europeans, uh, within different European system. But this really resonated with me because it, it seemed to be quite far developed, the uh, the way the system was at breaking point. Just within this article itself, it said things like our, t- our skills are not respected or values, the expectations are destroying me, we are not actually trusted. And out of interest, of course, this was just one article, out of interest, I put a, uh, a, a tweet out a couple of days after a couple of days before this show actually uh asking if this was a fair reflection of the situation in australia at this moment and i asked is this really at breaking point is this viewpoint justified uh and within within seconds almost i got some replies yes 100 steve uh colbert wrote in and said yes 100 absences people leaving illness uh, a ranking system of pre-service teachers, which, which, which is which doesn't fit, which is unfit for purpose. Uh, things are not rosy. Glenn Langford replied again within minutes, and it says absolutely real. We feel devalued, overworked, and underpaid. I am literally exhausted all the time. Uh, so much change is needed, uh, or so much, so many things change top down from a, a non-educational executive point of view. Now, of course, it's all well and good to read these articles and see these comments, but I uh, I wanted to hear this from the horse's mouth. Now, I'm very lucky to be joined by uh, Jack Peterson today, uh, who is going to join me in a few seconds on uh, as a guest on the show. Now, Jack has a lot of experience within the Australian system. He also has experience within the UK system as well. But uh, without further ado, I'll I'll let him introduce himself as well. Jack, are you here? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, thank you for joining us, Jack. I know it's so early in the morning for you. What time is it over there? (laughs) Uh, It's uh, nice and early, but just after six. (laughs) Just after six. And am I right in saying that this is your half term? Yeah, well, this is, yeah, in between terms. They're in between term two and three currently. I owe you, Jack. I owe, I owe you big style. Thank you so much for getting up so early. Before we start, I've just, I just briefly mentioned there the weather. We are going through a massive heat wave, a heat wave in the UK at this moment. Uh, sorry, in, in Europe <laughs> at this moment in time. I mean, I said we were touching, we're touching 40. Is that just a normal day for you? I did chuckle. I did chuckle when you read the temperature out. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> Look, we're in the middle of winter now, so I suppose that gives you a bit of uh, some sort of grace period. What's the weather like at the moment? And I know you're based in Sydney. You've had a lot of trouble trouble with the flooding I've seen recently. Yeah, the flooding's been bad for a lot of areas around us. Um, it's it's quite early in the morning in the middle of winter, so it's a bit chilly out. But you know. Yeah, and thank and as I've said, thank you so much for joining me today. Just to start with, can you tell us a little bit about your background and and, uh, and what uh, you're yeah. up to at the moment? Yeah, sure, by all means. Uh, so I've got experience teaching both within Australia and abroad. Um, I've even done my uh, uh, education both within Australia and abroad as well. Uh, and that's probably given me the opportunity to at least understand, I suppose, a bit more of the global context of teaching. Uh, obviously, between the UK and Australia, I've had those you know, unique opportunities for myself, but, you know, for a wider uh, pool of teachers, that's quite common in terms of individuals to be both, you know, Australia for a few years and the UK for a few years. Uh, I've also, upon coming back to Australia, I've taken on higher duties. Uh, I'm currently acting as a head of department, which would be the equivalent um, as, a, as a head teacher for within Australia. Uh, so that's where I'm at currently. Uh, I've done a lot of different sort of teams and projects and things that are, have taken me sort of onto the international standing for different things, uh, mainly to do with sort of student advocacy roles and trying to sort of promote students to take sort of leadership roles within schools and, and, and to sort of engineer their own sort of future direction, if that makes sense. Uh, without going into a great depth, it's a bit hard to sort of explain it in a matter of seconds, but but it's all around sort of student leadership bodies and, and trying to get students involved proactively. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. A lot of senior experience within the Australian system and senior experience within the English system as well, which is, which is like I say, a, a really interesting thing for you to, to have, to, to be able to see both sides of. Uh, now, I'm very aware that some of, some of the listeners today won't have experience of the Australian system. Could you just start by maybe just giving a little bit of, of a description of the Australian system? Yeah, so uh, so obviously we were chatting about this the other day. There's a lot of similarities and crossovers between the English system and the Australian system. It's, it's why a lot of teachers are able to, from places within the Commonwealth, go and teach within the UK. The system itself is set up in a very, very similar way. You've got similar sorts of subjects. You've got similar sorts of exam style rhetorics the grades are kind of similar in terms of you know obviously the schooling years things like that uh obviously we don't go to year 13 anymore so that that's sort of a big step away from what you've got with sixth form that doesn't take place it's got a little bit more condensed in that sense for the senior years and mm. obviously from there onwards they're able to go through into universities uh in in terms of say from when I was in the UK, uh, there's a lot more sort of rigor behind things like our underpinning syllabus and things like that, which sort of dictates a lot more of how the courses are structured and run. Uh, you know, but in in essence, that just sort of allows individuals to to be able to go through teaching with a lot more probable ease and a little bit more guidance uh, that comes from both you know department as well as government sort of level in terms of um, it's outlawed and outlined by individuals to go through. Um, some subjects are a little bit different. We don't we don't necessarily run every single subject. Um, for example, the one that always stood out for me was philosophy. We don't really run any courses that are sort of structured around that. Um, teachers are always able to go and develop their own courses and things uh, within subjects. 
but very, very rarely do they create subjects that sort of stand outside of that um, scope. So, so there is a little bit of difference in there. Um, in terms of teaching practice, uh, obviously it's quite interchangeable. You can teach in one place, you can teach in many. There are a lot of sort of different nuances to the way in which systems work. Um, for example, the big one I always um, talk about when sort of comparing Australia to the UK was, was always that sort of the body of Ofsted and what Ofsted were sort of taken on as a role and, and what their sort of duties were and how they interacted with the teaching community and educational structures, that that was very, very, very different to anything I'd experienced before and, and definitely after as well. Um, seeing what would be the equivalent set up over here with Nessa and, and the way in which they interact with people, it's quite amusing to actually see people interact with Nessa and what sort of their perceptions were when comparative to what people go through with Ofsted reviews. So, so that was definitely um, insightful. But, but yeah, so uh, in terms of the actual education itself, what's happening within the classroom, th there's not a huge difference in terms of what you've got between the mm. UK and uh, Australia, that those, those same sort of core practices and the same sort of core experience with teaching and, and students learning, that, that that's pretty much much of a muchness. Yeah, thank you. And something that's th that I've heard quite a lot of times recently in, in a bit of research for this show is this idea of pre-service teachers. Could you just explain what that means for the Australian system, why it's so important? Yeah, yeah. So pretty much what we would refer to as the pre-service teacher is basically someone that's still operating under their PRAC. Uh, it's basically the individual is at the university doing their degree and, and they're coming out mm. for first-hand experience. And that first-hand experience is usually done, I say usually because over the last few years, I've seen a very worrying trend and this sort of highlights what the sort of things that you're saying, whereby mm. a teacher would come out, they would be assigned to a school and they would be assigned to a staff member to sort of shadow. And from that, they would then take over their teaching load. They would work up on a gradual basis to take over their classes with that guidance of the teacher. And then from that point onwards, they would build up their experience in a classroom. Uh, yeah. That, depending on the university, you might go to, you know, varies quite a lot in terms of sort of, you know, how many days that looks like or how many lessons you're expected to take over. But roughly you end up taking up about 60 to 70% of that teacher's load. Okay. And so in that sort of snapshot, you get a chance to um, firsthand with that person sort of acting as your mentor and supervisor, you get to teach and okay. you get the experience of what teaching is. Now, you don't have a lot of the burden that comes with it in terms of any sort of that, uh, responsibility or ownership, things like behavior issues or say, you know, parental sort of contact. For the most part, that's still dealt with by the actual classroom teacher. Mm. And then what what you have is you have them providing you continually feedback around your teaching practice, whether that be lesson resource development, delivery of content, engagement of students, you know, ways of which to go about extending students, support students, all that sort of material. Mm. Now, why I say it's a little bit worrying is of late, I've seen a lot more of this taking place whereby universities have even got to the point where their pre-service section or their time out of school does not actually take place supervised where they are given the choice of going into a classroom mm. and 
you know, teaching. And that's great in terms of teaching, in terms of not having anybody necessarily there to hold your hand, but horrendous in terms of developing that, you know, professional yeah. capacity whereby you've got, where you've got this, you know, scenario where you've got this constant feedback loop taking place by somebody who's very much an experienced individual. And, you know, usually for the most part, these are your stronger sort of teachers that are taking your intake of individuals. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I guess this is leading on to my main question, really, and, and, and the crux of everything that the reason why I brought you on here today. But basically, is the Australian school system in crisis right now? Yeah, it, it definitely is. Yeah, would you like me going to more and, depth than that? That's the and, real question. <laughs> and I remember, I remember, I remember when I spoke to you before about this, and you're just like, yes. And, and I guess from my point of view, it, it, as, I get, as I say, it's a bit staggering because we hear a lot of, t and, and again, I'm two years out of the British system. It's two years since I've been out of the British system. And I know lots of listeners come from lots of different systems, but we, I regularly hear within the British system, it being in crisis, it being at breaking point. But there are some things that I think you're going to explore in a second that just show me it's a little bit it's a little bit further developed in terms of in terms of breakdown really compared to the uk system i mean you said you said that without a shadow of a doubt without a, without a, a, any nuance whatsoever as, as as clean as anything why why is is the australian system at breaking point at the moment well to, to put it bluntly, you, you've got a lot of schools at the moment, you know, through different parts of the state that are having to shut the doors and put students online in terms of teaching and learning rather than being inside of a classroom because they can't get teachers to stand in front of the classroom. I'm sorry to interrupt. This is We're not, not even... a COVID issue. This is not a COVID issue. No, no. It, look, it's all been exasperated by COVID and, and, mm. and other illnesses that have taken place throughout. But this has been something that's been coming for a period of time where, where you've had, you know, different things within the department, you've had different things within the Federation, the union saying to everybody, you need to listen, we're going to run short of teachers here. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, you've got schools that are in sort of what you would refer to possibly, you know, as rural areas having been shut probably more than they've been open this year. We're two terms into a school year. We're about to go yeah. into the third term and you've had these schools basically forced to do this. So, you know, who misses out in this process? Kids miss out. And, and then you've got the remaining teachers that are on site and still trying to teach and ending up picking up this extra load to try and, you know, help students because in essence, that's why we're here. We're here to help students with their education and get them to progress. So the main issue here is this mass teacher shortage is probably the the the, the pivotal issue in the breakdown. Uh, yeah, and then obviously looking at the factors that sort of underpin why this is the case. Why do you yeah. have a situation whereby you do not have? See, and, and like, look, rural rural New South Wales and rural Australia has always been a difficult place, notorious to get teachers into. But it's not just now isolated in some of the fringes within, you know. The outback of Australia or, or sort of more rural areas. This is something that's now creeping through into, mm. you know, suburbia, creeping through into the big cities. And if it's and if it's present within those places, well, then it's going to be present everywhere within the system. Yeah, and and what's the teachers' reaction to this? So strikes have happened, are ongoing. 
you're in the middle of? Yeah, so over the course of the last um, the last term, there's been uh, two industrial actions take place, uh, one of which was fairly significant in terms of it was a combination of multiple unions, uh, both the independent union and the public schools union. So you've had basically state schools, Catholic schools, uh, and I'm assuming some independent schools uh, staff pretty much all walking off the job together in an attempt yeah. to get the government to get to a point whereby they're able to actually act or do something because pe people are at a point where more people are concerned than not, obviously. Yeah. And on top of the, the mass teacher shortage, are there any other issues that, that have caused this, this walkout? Uh, over the space of the last sort of 10 to 15 years, you've, you've had this continual increase of administration tasks within schools. Um, and, and, you know, it's forcing people to work ridiculous hours beyond, beyond their capability. Uh, you, you've got a situation whereby um, when surveys are getting done around sort of the workplace environment, you've had, had responses that, you know, up to 70% of teachers want a way out. And, Say that again, 70% of teachers. Yep. So you've, yeah, these are extremely high numbers. And this is, this is what you're talking about. E even though you might, you know, only have a drop of however many sort of percent of staff, you have these surveys that come out that really highlight that the teaching staff themselves are telling the government, telling different boards, telling whoever it is that's, you know, trying to tap into what's going on, that up to 70% of staff want out and if they could they probably would walk crazy and i've seen like i say in a bit of the reading i've done around this as well a, a, a word that keeps coming up in reference to the australian system is or, or a phrase that keeps coming up is lack of trust lack of trust from leaders uh what 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 do we understand by that is this that we've got executives in with, with without educational experience uh creating the policies yeah yeah so this is something the uk listeners should really resonate with in terms of obviously understanding the whole ofsted cycle it, it's that constant over the shoulder but in saying that it's not within schools for the most part it's not within the actual structures of your school environment between your executive and you know your managers that exist within the school it's not that they're not trusting the practice of their classroom teachers a lot of it directed is continually coming from the department it's coming from ministers, educational ministers that just are so out of touch, have never taught within schools, have no educational backgrounds. You've got this real disconnect between what a school is in essence for and what people are continually saying they want to take place within schools. And that disparity is just preventing teachers from actually teaching or it's really crippling their ability to teach within a classroom. Yeah, it, again, it's, it's painting a very negative picture here, uh, Jack. And just to just we're going to go to the news very, very shortly, news and adverts. But just before then, what is what is your motivation? What's keeping you going within this 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 structural with all these structural difficulties? What what what's personally keeping you in form? Um, yeah, it was a couple of things, I suppose. In, in essence, the core of why I teach. Uh, you know, I, I teach within my local community, you know, the area where I've grown up within. 
there is a strong value for myself in terms of giving back to my community. It, there is, um, without a shadow of a doubt, that desire to enable students to learn, the willingness to sort of guide them and allow them to make their own life choices for their own, you know, for their own betterment. That really has always been the whole reason why I teach and particularly teach within areas of low SES status where, where yeah. I'm really, really sort of, you know, areas for the most part that sort of, you know, rough, rough areas that most people don't necessarily want to teach within. Uh, not only that, but I, I'm quite fortunate at the school that I work at, um, not in terms of necessarily the overarching of, of, of say, you know, student behaviour, which, which can be colourful always, as most people know within, <laughs> within schools. But but the school I'm at is very proactive in a lot of the things that it does. And so therefore I see that sort of same, my, my own personal values are reflected within the school. And, and therefore that, that sort of enables me to at least understand that the place that I'm at is there and trying to make a difference. And, and that's the same, same thing that you, you'll find with a lot of teaching staff that they're all there because of their own goodwill and they're there, there to help students and this is that whole thing of you know more than thanks and you'll hear a lot of that sort of stuff within the federation um in terms of people are at that point whereby thanks is no longer enough to sort of support them through yeah. their processes and, and you know people's goodwill only goes so far yeah and i see I, again it reminds me a lot of from colleagues in england and also within the system i'm now where it's pay is not the motivating factor pay and, and like I say and we, and we look at these strikes and and, and 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 pay is always mentioned within it but it's not the again it's 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 respect isn't it it's what it ultimately comes down to is respect and trust and of course finance financially again it's, it's it's more important than ever but um but and thank you so much as well for such a personal response to that question as well it was quite a personal question I asked you there uh I am going to just <laughs> <laughs> I am just going to break for for a moment, Jack. If that's okay, we're going to just have some adverts and the news. And thank you so much for uh, for people who are uh, listening in and people who are texting in at this moment in time. Remember, you can keep uh, if you have any questions for Jack or uh, myself when we're going on. You can either text in through the Podbean app, or you can, of course, uh, tweet uh, at Jeff Pedley un, at Jeff Jeff underscore Pedley or at TT Radio 2022, hashtag TT Radio, and I will uh, I will pass your questions on to Jack. We're going to have a little bit of a break for the news, and we will come. I will see you back in a few minutes. Thank you. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development 
every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. If you have a passion for education and a talent for teaching and learning, the Witherslack Group want to hear from you. Join them as they open an incredible new school in Essex and be a founding teacher of English, Maths, Science or Primary with multiple leadership opportunities available too. As Teachers Talk Radio partners, we know how much they care about the well-being of staff and their offer to you will be superb. To find out more and apply for a role, visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Young members of the Margate-based Lived Experience crew joined with students from nine schools across the country travelling to London to raise the alarm over the UK's plastic waste problem. The trip to Parliament came after pupils took part in the Big Plastic Count, a citizen science project launched by Greenpeace UK, a non-profit organisation, Everyday Plastic. The count involved some 100,000 households, schools, community groups and businesses across the UK, counting their plastic packaging waste, recording the different types they throw away, and entering their results into the campaign website. The campaign aims to convince the government to take more action to cut plastic production, ban plastic waste exports, and transition to refill and reuse alternatives which are affordable, accessible, and appropriate for all. Union leaders have warned newly appointed cabinet ministers that many teachers and nurses will quit their profession in the coming weeks if public sector pay deals are further delayed by chaos at the top of government. Patrick Roach, General Secretary of the NAS UWT, has written to the new Education Secretary, James Cleverley, asking for publication of the review body recommendations for teachers. Roach said it was essential that agreement was reached as soon as possible, so that teachers did not leave the profession before the beginning of the new school year. What is important is that the process is not kicked into the long grass. We must ensure that full consultation takes place and that teachers get what they deserve. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, over the next few episodes I'm going to discuss connections, so let's get wired or not, as the case may be. The plan was to do this in order of most essential, however, a chicken and egg question came first. What is the most essential connection, the internet 
or your display device. Without the internet, there'd be far less interaction. However, how does this compare to the ability to display your screen to the class? I asked you on Twitter and at Elizabeth J. Rowan was the first to answer with I'll hasten to add the most popular choice, the internet. There's 1001 ways to present or display information. I couldn't agree more. And talking of more, at more to learn, question my question, asking, why do I have to choose? Showing the expectation we teachers have for both. However, when asked to choose, the answer was the internet and give me a whiteboard pen. So let's talk about the internet and the difference it makes to teaching. We have a connection to the biggest network of networks at our fingertips, indexed by powerful search engines that return results in seconds, even ranking them in an order of likelihood of them containing the answer we are looking for. Obviously, we need to swerve adverts and fake news from time to time, but what a resource we have. For those of us willing to admit they were around, 20 years ago, teachers were still transitioning from chalkboards. Every teacher was in the process of getting a laptop, the projector was on a trolley you wheeled into the classroom, and social media didn't exist. You couldn't just take a virtual tour inside a volcano or go on an interactive 3D journey through the digestive system, have a guided tour around a highly secure Google storage facility, drop a jelly baby on a map, walk around the coast of Spain, Italy, or Australia. The internet has brought us all of this, and harnessing, filtering, and presenting its power to our pupils has become an art that we have had to master. So here are a couple of tricks you can use to keep yourself organised. Control plus D bookmarks a page. But did you know that if you make a folder of bookmarks you can right click and open all. All of your bookmarks in that folder open as new tabs. This is great if moving from one lesson to another on a different topic. If you use a lot of YouTube clips and websites, Wakeless is a great way to organise collections of links and clips. It's free to make an account and you can share collections via links with pupils. I'd like to finish with a question. Do you know the difference between the internet and the World Wide Web? Tune in next week to find out. Why not get in touch at TT Radio 2022? Follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, welcome back. You're listening to The Late Late Show with Jeff Pedley. I am here today with my special guest, Jack Peterson, and we are discussing the uh, the current state of the uh, the school system in Australia. It hasn't been such a pretty picture that's been painted to a, uh, for us so far. Uh, and my initial my initial question of is is the system at breaking point seems to have been uh, substantiated. Really, uh, we talked about the mass teacher shortage, specific policies which are causing problems, the lack of trust, excessive administration and this these disparities between uh urban and and and, and rural systems as well in the and the quality of education uh jack it's been quite negative hasn't it it's been quite a negative start to the t- start to my teachers talk radio career <laughs> what positives do we have because i know that a lot of, i know that a lot of solutions have been suggested put forward is there a light at the end of the tunnel jack well, I suppose you, you had the same sort of. Yeah, you're right. Has been has been quite negative, uh, <laughs> but but I suppose you know that that's a little bit of an insight, isn't it? Really, at the end of the day, that that unfortunately the teaching experience for a lot of people currently globally is extremely negative. Um, mm. That I suppose the positive to take away that that I would see is that teachers want to teach. It's not like teachers don't like teaching. It's not not a matter of teachers don't want to be around students. You know, t- teachers are generally, for the most part, pretty damn good at what they do. 
um, they just want to be able to do that effectively and they want to be able to do that in a way that's going to provide them with that sort of sense of security within their own world. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think teachers want to run off because of teaching the kids. And, and I don't see that um, from, from all of my experience as, as anything to really be concerned over is, you know, it doesn't matter what system I've been in, doesn't matter where I've been for it or what school I've been at, everywhere I've been, yeah. I've seen teachers want to be there and, I, and I've seen damn good teachers do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I don't know if you can, uh, oh, oh, sorry, I've just had a, a message text in from uh, Yati Khan, who, who's got a question for you, Jack. Would this brain drain in the teaching fraternity be stemmed if the decisions in regard to education were made by teaching professionals and not politicians and bureaucrats in Australia? Look, I, I would definitely hope so. Um, it, it's something that you know I've thought about before, whether or not that that's why the disconnect is there. Uh, um, look, look, the department has, you know, in, in its defence, said that it wants to reduce the amount of uh, administration hours that teachers, you know, are, are doing within classroom context. They've not been mm. able to do that, and, and if anything the sort of level of sort of mandatory training that we do within schools uh, you know, has only only ever increased um, going from sort of like, you know, two, two or three sort of core trainings more around sort of safe environments and, and providing, you know, you know, emergency first aid and that sort of stuff has, yeah. has definitely ramped up over the last few years. Sorry to interrupt. What's your, could you no, no. give me just a snapshot of your average week? I mean, you, I know that you have some departmental uh, responsibilities, but how much teaching do you do in ratio to the admin and the, the planning, et cetera? What's a, what's a normal week for you? Oh, so, oh, yeah, that could be, uh, I suppose it could be anything. Um, in terms of um, your classroom hours, so it, it, really, look, it really depends on the amount of um, the setup of the school. So, so depending on the length of the periods that you have within a school, um, you know that that could vary quite quite a lot. You know, some schools have anywhere from sort of sort of four periods to eight period days, depending on how they sort of split their um, time allotments up. So so you you know that's you know quite quite a varied amount. Um, in terms of say within a school day, you know then you've got a massive difference in terms of between primary school and high school. So so a high school teacher might be on class for you know seventy five eighty percent of their day. Um, yeah. And then, and then you have, you know, at the same time, you, you might have, you know, a primary school teacher who, you know, primary school teachers are notorious for only realistically getting about two hours off within the space of a week. And they're expected wow. to be obviously planning and programming within that time. And, and that's just, it, it's not feasible. Um, you know, you know I, I look, I'm not a primary school teacher, so I can't turn around and say what that experience is personally like. But if it's anything in terms of the amount of preparation hours that, you know, um, that I would have to sink in for my classes, uh, and they've got to do anything anywhere near that. Two hours is nowhere near, you know, yeah. potentially able to achieve within a school day. Um, and then if you know you take in, well, okay, you know, what what's the sort of a school day work look like? Um, you know, I, I'm at school the mornings about you know half past seven in the morning. You know, I, I'm leaving on average, you know, between five thirty and six pm of an evening. Uh, mm. and then there's the potential for doing extra work outside of that 
you, you really are looking, you know, a lot of teachers are turning around sort of saying anywhere between sort of 50 to 60 hours a week is sort of the average that teachers are doing. Um, you know, not getting paid anywhere near that, obviously, but but that's just what's required of teachers to, to do their job well. Um, and, and that's where you've got this high level of exhaustion and breakdown from a lot of people in that, you know, they're producing potentially what is in essence all this overtime just to meet what would be considered their job requirements. Yeah. What, uh, thank you so much. What solutions have the Australian government put forward? Uh, I think, am I right in saying that there's a, a national election in eight or nine weeks or something? And so maybe it's not the best time to, or it's not the best time to, to put new policies in place, but what solutions have been in place and, and, and wait, what, what can you see happening in the future with this? So, so the national election was about probably about eight weeks ago in terms of so, oh, so past now, and, and that has resulted in a change of government. Now, education is not necessarily um, the arena of the federal government anywhere near the extent of state. Um, the state election will, you know, is coming up in the, in the upcoming months, um, and that yeah. has potentially, a, you know, a, a much bigger impact on a lot of, say, the industrial action that's been taking place, um, and, and they have a little bit more in terms of control over um, the way in which the education body and, and, and things like that work. Um, but in terms of, say, like, for example, policies, you've constantly got this evolving and input in regards to changing of curriculums and changing of sort of the overseeing um, educational body within NESA, you know, there's really been a lot of pressure that, you know, politicising it over the space of the last sort of four, four or three years. Um, and that's, you know, quite dangerous, um, not only in terms of obviously potentially impacting on what's being taught, but, but obviously in terms of the um, way in which education uh, context sees itself um, as, as this, yeah. you know, that same idea you said about before earlier about that idea of trust in not trusting teachers to be doing what is in the best interest of the nation in leading education for students even though they're the individuals that are experienced within it uh, and that's that constant back and forth that you were mentioning um and, and your question was around earlier that that yeah you know what? you don't go and tell an engineer how to build a bridge <laughs> jack what are the strengths of the system um, yeah, so look, you, you've got a lot of opportunity that's, that's built within the system. Uh, a lot of schools are at the forefront of doing some really sort of amazing work in terms of building the capacities of students. Uh, um, you know, where, where funding is, you know, decent, particularly in, you know, lower um, advantaged areas, you, you've got a lot of money being spent to sort of... Um, bring students up to sort of that even pegging off or, 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 you know, trying to future proof mm. a lot of, you know, and take away a lot of that disadvantage and really trying to sort of enable them access into things like the university. Uh, uh, and that's something that, you know, I see within, within the school on that a lot. I see a lot of university outreach. I see a lot of that connection where you don't have a disconnect between finishing school and not knowing what to do next. You have a lot of that yeah. sort of naturally being built into the system. Um, you, you've got a lot of these opportunities that, you know, didn't exist 10 years ago, five years ago, are really sort of 
all of a sudden now at your fingertips and, and for students that's really really good um you know yeah the system itself quite academic in terms of obviously senior senior schooling year um and obviously within states that could be a little bit different because you've, you've had this sort of push towards a national curriculum um, and you've still got the intricacies with individual states but the more and more it sort of pushes in that direction I think the better it'll be overall in terms of providing, I suppose, more consistency across um, state to state. But you know, and um, you, you've talked. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it, it, I, no, I, I find it really, really interesting. The uh, you were talking about the strengths there, the connection between the NGOs and the and, and the university system as well, uh, and the, the on the way to higher education because the Australian system is really well regarded and, and worldwide. Uh, I think. I saw, is it something like seven or eight out of the top 100 universities from Australia? So the university system, again, is is really well regarded. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And, and some of those universities are, are, as you said, they are world leaders. They really go above and beyond in terms of um, not just sort of specialty academia. Like you, You've obviously got a large chunk of that, but you really got sort of them leading and being innovative in terms of their own practices. Um, obviously, talking to an individual from university, you'd probably find that they have their own issues that might might have also been further exasperated by uh, things like COVID over the last few years. But for the most part, they've always been places that are desirable to go to. Uh, and that's not just for Australian students, but also quite heavily international students coming to Australia. Um, Australian mm. education system as, as sort of a business entrepreneurial sort of setup is massive in terms of bringing in, um, you know, income for both universities and for state and national, um, I suppose, diff different treasuries. Uh, it, it brings in a lot of economic growth. Yeah, what What are the fees like for, uh, for students for university in Australia? Um, so obviously for university students, uh, we have setups around hex debt and things like that, which is, is in essence, a deferment system, um, rather than say in England where you have, or I should say the UK where you have your loan set up, mm. rather than having that sort of initial payout and sort of you being able to spend that money where you need to, it's set up as um, basically a, a structured loan system where no money goes through the student's hand uh, and basically it sits to the side and the um, Australian tax office directly interacts with the university system. And so therefore you you don't necessarily have say free education there, but what you do have is that the financial implication does not become the burden of the student as an entry level into the university. Yeah. And how um, much are the fees per year? So for a bachelor's also, degree, for example. Yeah, so that, that's where it does vary quite, obviously, um, you know, quite large, depending on the degree that you're doing. Um, you're talking about sort of maybe someone that's going in to do a teaching degree um, that might have, you know, an underpinning BA, maybe arts or something along those lines, looking at roughly sort of, you know, $35,000, $40,000 is sort of that um, over the space of the three to four years. Uh, you know, that, that might vary depending on institution, but, but that's sort of where you're looking at that sort of maybe 30, 40 grand um yeah maybe slight, maybe well, slightly more now you know with with the uh, way that everything seems to be going up and up and up but yeah but yes pardon my ignorance what's that in in pounds now jack 
Oh, so pretty much if, if you were to take take it and halve it, that's pretty much what the Australian dollar do, normally does to the pound. All right. So, so you're looking at what okay. roughly would be about maybe potentially 15, 20,000 pounds as the university course. Do you know what it's like in Belgium? <laughs> I don't Do know, know what... if it's good or bad. This, might, this could be one of two things. <laughs> well, our system, oh, it's amazing. It's, uh, I think, I think compared to the UK system, it's about a thousand euros a year or something for a, for a master's. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's it's crazy. It's it's, it's crazy. The price in in uh, if I could if I could go back, you know, I probably would consider doing university, going to university in in Holland or or Belgium. I think doing an English uh, a, a top degree in English because, as I say, they teach them in English, and it's what's that? A tenth of the price of the UK? Crazy, absolutely crazy, or ninth or something. Uh, just, uh, I've got one final question then before I'm going to ask, or one final normal question before I'm going to try something here and give you some quick fire questions. Not necessarily about everything that we've talked about today, but uh, maybe some more general, some general questions. But we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Bear with me, Jack. This is my first show. It could be an absolute disaster, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, just my final question though is is what's the future where do you think the australian school system will be in sort of 5 years time say yeah because well, if it's at breaking point now where is it going yeah that that's that crystal ball sort of scenario uh, <laughs> i i i really personally hope that people are listening and people start to make some of the changes you know or or at least proactive in, in trying to really really shore up um, the fact that you're, you're right. If, if it's at breaking point now, what's five years look like? Um, I, I, I strongly, strongly believe that, you know, t good teachers will always be there, but how much can they yeah. do? Uh, and I suppose you, you really, really sort of, you, you're at a, it's at a crossroads, um, and, you know, and it can kind of go one of two ways. Um, I, I would like to think that it doesn't just continue to bumble its way along and sort of just get by by the skin of its teeth. I think that might be a very, very dangerous mm. sort of situation to be, be within for a period of time. Um, I would like to think that, you know, conditions uh, either improve or, um, you know, they find a way in which to sort of encourage more people to be within the classroom. Um, but, you know, I really, really hope that people want to be within the classrooms and don't feel themselves at this point. Because again, like as you said, what does five years look like if if it's sort of the way that it is now? So yeah. yeah. Do we do we need to return the favour <laughs> for the teaching shortage? Do we need to return the favour? Do we need to ship teachers over from Europe? Oh, by look by all means, you know, send send as many as you've got. I don't know if uh, necessarily <laughs> the way we used to bring uh, people out is sort of the way to do it anymore. I don't know whether or not convicts. I, I know the uh, end solution, <laughs> so but you know, let's go. Let's go. So that's the, what we've uh, talked. Modern... <laughs> so that that's the solution we've talked ourselves to that we need to bring back uh, deportation to Australia <laughs> to solve to to solve the teacher shortage. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'll have a see. We we we've got our own uh, potential new prime minister coming up. Well, the UK has anyway. We'll see what happens there. Maybe. Uh, Maybe it'll be just at the uh, 
some of the crazy policies that have come out that have come out from the Conservative Party. God knows deportation to sort out the mass teacher shortage <laughs> in Australia might, might might be one that comes up. I've got one 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 final question before I go to some quick fire ones from a viewer that's just uh, from a listener who's just texting here. What are the teaching salaries in Australia like compared to the UK? Could you answer that in maybe thirty seconds? What's the difference in oh in, yeah in um... terms of salary? Well, so yeah, you've got a. Uh, I suppose you've got the same setup where you've got that sliding scale depending on years of experience and things like that. Um, you know, you, you're teaching. Your entry level is about sort of seventy thousand, um, but you know, which would roughly be about what sort of half that again. So you know, that's sort of thirty five thousand pounds as your entry level. But then your cost of living. That's your entry level. Yeah, but then your cost of living differences are completely different. Mm. So, for example. Uh, I can only obviously, you know, go back to where to where I sort of was when I was teaching within the UK. Um, you know, I would have been on quite sort of a uh, middle ground type salary within the UK, but my my um, cost expenditure for things like rent and, you know, basic commodities and all that sort of stuff, um, bills, etc., was nowhere near the same sort of financial burden you know, as, as it is within Australia. You know, I might have had yeah. £500 a month in terms of rent versus potentially you know six seven hundred dollars a week in terms of rent within australia so you know depending on where you are and all that sort of oh, stuff yeah. um you know even if it's at five hundred dollars a week which is sort of your average um sort of probably rental um price for a week you know two thousand dollars a month in rent is you know very different to a you know 500 pounds you know so yeah you've got that sort of discrepancy um it, it does uh it does go up from there, obviously, um, as, as you go along, um, it is capped at about sort of 105 or so for a teaching staff. Um, yeah. So, you know, look, pay, pays, like, personally for me, isn't, isn't one of those reasons why, um, you know, I'm striking in terms of those sorts of things when, when, when yeah. industrial action takes place. Um, you know, no one's ever going to say no to a pay increase at the end of the day, in essence, but it, it's, it's more to do with sort of the... Um, actual teaching job and what that looks like that is you know my personal concern um but for a lot of people you know cost of living is obviously a big thing within within a global context at the moment and that's something that obviously uh, yeah. is becoming more and more prevalent no thank you that question was from uh steven r there sorry i didn't see his username to start with and also we've got uh and uh, yati khan has just mentioned here as well that rent is an absolute killer Gosh, I'm going to gonna have to bring this to a little bit of a close now, but I've got my final thing I would like to do with you, Jack, which is some which are sorry, some quick fire questions. So I'm going to play a little bit of music in the background and I'm basically going to give you two choices. All I want you to do is state what you prefer and maybe briefly justify in a couple of words. Literally, I'm going to be quite strict about that. Only a couple of words. OK. All right, let's give it a go. Are you ready for this? <laughs> so, Not uh, overly, I say, but... <laughs> two, cho <laughs> two choices. Let's see. Just to end, you've been such a good guest with us today. Thank you so much. Let's see. Okay. So, would you prefer a late Monday start or an early Friday leave? 100% an early Friday leave. <laughs> Ooh, early Friday, sets. yeah. Class sets again, or mixed sorry? ability? Class sets Ooh. or mixed ability? Ooh, that is difficult. Uh, let's go with mixed ability. 
teacher parties with or without partners? With partners, with partners. I'd be, I'd be shot mm. if I didn't say with. Talking to parents using their first name or their surname? Surname. Would you prefer an hour of detention duty or giving an hour long assembly? <laughs> uh, let's take let's take the assembly. Let's be positive. <laughs> School uniform, yes or no? Yes. Which do you prefer, or which do you <laughs> probably least hate in this one? A forget a forgotten exercise book or a forgotten pen? <laughs> Let, let's take the uh, let's say the book. You can always write on the table if you're desperate, I suppose. <laughs> DVDs in the final week, yes or no? No. no. Covering an art lesson or covering a foreign language lesson? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's take the art lesson. Let's let's take the art lesson. <laughs> let's take that. Do you prefer staff rooms in departments or a whole school staff room? Uh, departments. Big fan of departments. Emails on the phone, yes or no? No, never. <laughs> Male teachers, ties, yes or no? Well, let's let's say yes for the English for the English audience listening. <laughs> Forty degree temperatures, you might want to take that tie off. <laughs> uh, seating plans, yes or no? Uh, yes. Students to resit the year if they fail, yes or no? Ooh. Yes. Yes to reset the year. Well, why not? You know, let, let's let's throw it out there while we can. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we've, we're, we're out of music there. This is the first time I've done this. I think you've got a score of about thirteen or so. It's not too bad. Uh, and maybe some general questions. I know this. I know this already. No, no. Sorry, I'm going to end with this one. It's got to be this one. Teaching in the UK. Or Australia. Oh. <laughs> we, we, we have Bearing in mind. So let's say Australia. Bearing in mind. <laughs> Bearing in mind. <laughs> Bearing in mind the title of this episode is The Australian System in Crisis. And you yeah, said doesn't, that, doesn't that say something? Doesn't that say something? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh. How many years did you teach in the UK for? So my teaching experience in the UK was, was two years. So... Um, which is you pretty stock standard for your visa. Yeah. Okay. And when were you in the UK? What years? Oh, so 20... twenty fourteen to sixteen, somewhere around there. So it's pretty recent. So on top of all of this, you still prefer teaching in Australia? Okay. As I said, well, no, well, well. It wasn't, wasn't necessarily an educational. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think on that note, we need to bring it to a close. We need to bring it to a close. Thank you so much for being my uh, first guest uh, and doing so right. well. Yeah, thank you so much. I know it's not uh, it's not easy having to be woken up at half past five in the morning to be reminded that you're on a radio show. So I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate that so much and I really appreciate the insight that you've given us all as well to the, to the situation in Australia and I hope for your sake that, 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 this, that there's going to be a turning point soon because it doesn't really seem very sustainable at all in any shape or form uh, thank you so much uh, and thank you so much to everybody who has been uh, listening tonight as well uh, to my first ever late late show I've got through it with 
not too many injuries, not too many mistakes. And thank you so much for everybody's contributions uh, as well. I would like to, uh, sorry, this, my name's Jeff Pedley and I'm going to be presenting the Late Late Show on alternate Thursdays. My next show, therefore, should be the 28th of July. Uh, and you can keep in touch with, with everything that's gone on. You can, you can uh, contribute to every, all, all, all of the conversation uh with using the hashtag at tt radio uh 2022 or the hashtag uh tt radio you can uh you can get in touch with me at jeff underscore pedley on twitter and instagram and please 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 you can if you've enjoyed this show you can go back and watch all of the teacher talk radio shows on podbean spotify apple music etc and uh thank you so much for being a part of my first show Bye-bye. Have a lovely evening. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.